Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle a Whisker. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Throughout the month, we've got a date with death in our Thanatophobia deep dive, uh, aka the fear of death. So, all month long, we have been doing uh, essentially like death game type movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so excited for tonight because when we're talking. About this subgenre tonight, we're talking about the quintessential death game movie that is a pop culture phenomenon. Uh, it is one of the most controversial movies at at its time too, when it came out, both uh, not only in Japan but also in the stateside, where it took almost a decade to actually hit the U.S. due to something that I'll get into here in just a little bit. So tonight. Holly, you and I are going to be talking about Battle Royale, which was released back in 2000, directed by Kinji Fukusaku. And, you know, this this is one of the first, like, Japanese movies that I saw. So this was really kind of really? like my, my entry point into Asian cinema, and it's just kind of been uh, an ongoing cool. endeavor ever since that point. <laughs> So the very first time I saw Battle Royale, it could it must have been something like ten or maybe fifteen years ago. Jesus Christ! I can't believe I have <laughs> I can have such a gap in between possibilities of when I watched something. But when I first watched it, uh, it, it my my friends who showed it to me like they talked about it with such reverence mm-hmm. that I thought for sure it was an old '80s movie or '70s movie that that people have been raving about, and it's like, oh, it's canon. You gotta watch this. It's like fucking, you know, like Citizen Kane. And come to figure out that it's only it was only done in 2000. That kind of blows my mind because it's uh, the movie itself. Like, I was actually really blown away by um, the soundtrack too. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but Mitsuko, the one of the main uh, villains of the movie. She was born a day before me, which I don't know why I was so excited about that. I was like, oh, my God, we're the same age. And so, um, yeah, it was very cool. I was very excited. (laughs) And I'm a big fan of Japanese culture. I love the Japanese language. It's so beautiful. So I I was very happy to watch this movie. I started watching the, the, the sequel, and maybe we shouldn't get into it because I didn't. It, I watched about ten minutes of it. I'm like, I'm all right. I'm the, all right. The the sequel is not fantastic. And yeah, Shuya. I'm like, maybe if it was Kawada. Yeah, Kawada. I would have watched a couple of movies with Kawada. Mm-hmm. And Kiriyama, I would have definitely watched a lot of Kiriyama. And Shuya. I mean, like, yeah, it's all right. He's all right. All right, let's get into the into this though, because Battle Royale is fucking fantastic. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff like behind the scenes uh, too with this, and you know when it was released, this was like shortly after Columbine in, in the U.S. Right, that's why it was banned in the U.S. Yes. Right? Oh no, no, wait. Actually, I read that it was Virginia Tech that triggered the whole banning mm. of the movie in the states. But honestly, it's twenty years ago. Like it could have, you know, right. both of them. I'm sure we had an impact. Yeah, so, you know, when it, when Battle Royale came out, it drew these harsh criticisms for the depiction of violence by these high school students. And, you know, since then, you know, the movie's really kind of earned that 
cult status and it has become one of the more influential films that we have seen coming out of Japan. Mm-hmm. And what's been interesting is like there there was a lot of censorship involved with this film. Uh, the Japanese parliament tried to ban the novel that it was based on, which came out in 99. Uh, right. And also they tried to ban the film, but the film went on. Uh, it basically like had the opposite effect. You know, it got that buzz and it went yeah. on to become one of the top 10 highest grossing movies in Japanese history. Uh, in cinema. Right. And then, you know, yeah. on, on the state side. Uh, you also had, you know, the politicians calling for the film to be banned. Uh, you know, the press basically looked at a movie like Battle Royale uh, to basically like, okay, like that's our scapegoat. That's going to be the thing that we blame for every violent crime committed by a minor really? in, in the years oh. to follow. You know, I, I hate, I really dislike the whole media argument when it comes to violence uh, depicted in cinema or you know video games or music you know you know all all the Mm -hmm. satanic stuff uh you know because like you know heavy metal's the devil and you know there's always there's always there's always (laughs) something to blame that is complete has nothing to do with anything but you know it's always just the go-to answer uh and for a lot of parents (laughs) i blame the parents i mean really Two things, either like, did you not raise him right? Or number two, were you not paying attention that your <laughs> child was at fucking risk? That's why I don't have any kids. Yeah. I mean, number one reason, like, I don't want them to turn around and kill me. <laughs> I, I might watch too many forensic files. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might be true. How, and also, I might be broke and cannot afford children. But also, it's a, it's a you know, matricide. The matricide really comes into play a lot, quite a bit, actually. Well, uh, not not having a kid because you're broke is a very good reason not to have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so outside of that, uh, you had the the orchestrator of uh, Battle Royale being played by mm-hmm. Takeshi Katano, who is basically like the face of J- Japan TV around the time that this movie came out. So, really? like, getting, getting him on this movie was an absolute huge get. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, fanboy and fangirling happening because Were of his involvement. fucking completely confused as to why a, a, a teacher had so much control over a lot of, like, fucking military personnel? <laughs> that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Like, he gets flown in in a fucking badass helicopter, and he's wearing, like, I don't know, like a fucking, tr- you know, running suit. Yeah, And... Yeah. <laughs> And like thinking, and then like at the end of the movie, you're like, what was he trying to get in with Noriko or something? Like, holy crap, like, is he a pedophile? I mean, they made, they really romanticized it. You know, they gave it the Lolita effect, you know, where it's like, isn't that pedophilia's love? You're like, no, it's fucking pedophilia. But you know what I mean? It was like, what, how did he like, why, 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 why did he get to like fucking peel oranges and like lounge around while people worked around him? And then why did he get to boss people around? I mean, do, do, when Battle Royale happened. <laughs> it's like battle royale like not only do we get to pick a class of kids we're gonna kill but then on top of that we're gonna we're gonna pick the teacher they picked on and treat him like a fucking king because mm-hmm. you know what that's not a, that's not that's not a bad premise that i would actually like that premise but could we have it spelled out you can't just fucking sell that to us like mm-hmm. kids are bad so we're killing them okay so is why does the teacher get to do it although i kind of understood that part mm-hmm. He got stabbed in the thigh, man. And nobody's the shit. Yeah, I mean, he also was hoarding all the cookies. Oh, he was hoarding all the <laughs> fucking cookies. Did, am I getting Nor- uh, Noriko's name right? I, I, I want to make sure I'm not mispronouncing that. 
Where is she? I mean, they're uh, Japanese names are definitely hard. For yeah, Nariko. Oh my gosh! And they're just—they're. I just really like Japanese, mm-hmm. and like I—it sticks to my brain. I mean, not enough for me to learn Japanese, but enough for me to like <laughs> remember names. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, Kiriyama. And that's the thing, because that Kiriyama has is like the worst character, but his name reminds me of like cutesy little thing, Kiriyama. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but Kiriyama. It's cute and adorable, and I want to say it all the time. <laughs> So I might have been. I might have. Been, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you had uh, Takami's novel, uh, which came out in '99, mm-hmm. as I said, and that was a really big hit in Japan too. It sold over a million copies when it was released. And you know, mm-hmm. I, when it came to the U.S. distribution, it took a really long time. Yes, some of the controversy because of some of the like school shootings and just the depiction of violence in movies part of it. They were also having licensing issues uh, to slow the U.S. release, so we didn't really see it for almost a decade uh, up until that point. But I, I think the most intriguing thing about this movie, when it comes to just the cast, is just how many people auditioned for the roles of these students because they had over eight hundred. It, it, it was eight hundred. <laughs> But they got the best. I mean, it was it might have been eight hundred, but like, did I mean all of those people that all of the yeah you know, people that were in the movie like uh, were went on to have like bigger names. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got Miss I forget her name now who went on to do uh, Kill Bill, mm-hmm. pretty badass, and uh, uh, Mitsuko or the actors that played Mitsuko like went on to do a bunch of things as well. And yeah, it, it's it, it was just a uh, it was star studded, if I can say. Yeah, so you had this audition process uh, that wasn't easy. You know, it was six months of these physical tests, really intensive script reading. Right, uh, good for them. And, yeah. you know, one of the more interesting things, too, is none of the actors they had a stunt, stunt double. Yeah, <laughs> like, what? they did their you own never, stuff. You never hear that, right? Like, in any sort no, of, like, action-based movie. Chan, right? yeah. <laughs> and then you'll be like, ooh, he does his own stunts. So, yeah, but it, that's amazing because some of those, some of those scenes are... I, I don't know, like, you know, it's easy when you're watching a movie and you just let yourself go to movie magic to like, mm-hmm. oh, everything is fake and you don't have to worry about anything. But no, I mean, like some of those scenes were pretty intense and not like intense in the, in, 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 a, in, a, in a melodramatic way, but in, intense in that like, oh, there's a fight scene over slippery rocks, mm-hmm. you know, like shit like that where it's like, that's intense. You could crack your head open. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 very risk averse. So I was it, when I read that and I was watching the movie, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, there's quite a bit of uh, or even the scene with Mitsuko and I forget the 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 first girl that she kills. I forget her name, but um, she they're 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 in a shed, right? And shed's full of fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And in in the fight scene, or it's almost like a chase scene rather than a fight scene, right? Because she's going in and over under shit, trying to get away from Mitsuko. And uh, even then, you know, rusty nails, you know, just whatever farming implements were laying around, which were laying around, you can see them. Like, that was, that was a fucking OSHA violation is what that was. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they, they were lucky. They were lucky that this wasn't like a cannibal Holocaust situation where it's like, yeah, three teenagers died for real. Uh, pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, and, if uh, I'm gonna forgive anybody for killing Jane, you're just mm-hmm. it'll be fucking battle royale. <laughs> yeah, and be, because of how successful this movie was too, you did have Kinji immediately starting to work on the sequel. Uh, unfortunately, right. the director had passed away due to prostate cancer oh. uh, while mm-hmm. making the sequel, and his son 
Kenta actually took over to complete directorial duties on Battle Royale 2, uh, which, you know, it's it's okay. Like, it's, I wouldn't yeah. say it's beyond watch, like, like not watchable at all, but it's definitely a step down in, in comparison. Uh, I will say, like, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, finish. I was going to say, like, one of, one, of the, one of the things that always bugged me uh, in regards to just pop culture with this movie, mm-hmm. and not necessarily because of this movie, but there have been other movies in this genre, and, of course, Battle Royales have spawned into, like, an, an entirely different genre for, like, video games with, like, the success of, like, Fortnite and uh, some of the Call of Duty stuff uh, that they've done, Apex Legends, all of those but when Hunger Games came out, and this 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 is going back to my work argument, um, you brought up last <laughs> week, and you were like, you were ready to so, cut a bit. So, <laughs> so uh, there are young, a lot of young folks out there who who think Battle Royale started oh. with Hunger Games. <laughs> and, yeah. and anytime I hear someone say that, I die a little on the inside. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah. I just had a, mm-hmm. I just had a deadpan stare at my coworker and be like, "What the fuck are you talking you. about? That's not what I, started what's it. Wrong with you? It was battle royale. It's in the fucking name. <laughs> but it's just, it's just because you know, Hunger Games came out. Uh, it was, was a very fun. big success in in the U.S. I would, the Hunger Games series is fucking overrated beyond belief. I, I cannot understand. Why so many people think that they're like the best movies or like the best franchise out there? But it's just like I have a a friend who was like, "Oh, the movies suck. You gotta read the books. The books are amazing." I was like, "All right, girl." I picked up a book. Oh my god, it was dumb as shit. The I mean, I hope she never listens to this episode because she's gonna be a little hurt that I'm saying this. But but I. Well, I, first of all, I, I, I like the Hunger Games movies. I think they're interesting and, and fun. And, you know, I'm a big fan of What's-Her-Face, who's very pretty. But, um, no, Jennifer I guess not Lawrence. being a fan. Thank you. Not <laughs> being a fan to remember her name, though, huh? Uh, <laughs> Kiriyama. But I'll remember that fucker's name. Well, the character, anyway. So, um, I thought the, the, the movies are, they're, they're, they're interesting. They're good. They're, they're a lot more dystopian than they are. Mm-hmm. Well, they're both dystopian, but... These are more futuristic dystopian versus Battle Royale, which is supposed to be like right now dystopian, right? I mean, those have like, ooh, this is the future, which is Battle Royale. Battle Royale is more of like, this is an alternate present almost because there's no like futuristic sense to it, right? Other than like the world sucks now kind of thing. Yeah, there's no like high tech stuff going on here. Right. And that's fine. And that's, in fact, I like it a lot. But, uh, but, you know, as a sort of futuristic dystopia, Hunger Games, I think, is perfectly awesome. Um, right, like, it's, it's good, but am I watching it right now? No, I am not. So, anyways, my friend's like, oh, the novels are so great. And, first of all, my friend's amazing, and she's a wonderful, beautiful, intelligent person. But <laughs> I, I picked up the book, and I was like, I got through one chapter, and I was like, I fucking hate this shit. Because I'm a snob. And I like, if I'm reading something, it better be, like, poetry mixed in with like fucking oracleism and shit like i don't know like it's got to be amazing for me to read it where i'm like oh my god this is a piece of work this is oscar world this is fucking you know you know you know what i mean i i know again i'm gonna apologize for my drunkenness <laughs> there's no reason to uh to apologize for that and you know while we're talking while we're talking about novels i'm gonna order the battle royale novel Ooh yeah tell me what that's all about i i, I, I haven't translated. read it 
Well, you know, you got to wonder if how the translation holds up. I mean, it's it's always tough with with works like that. Although, you know, plenty of novels translate really well. You mm-hmm. know, not translate well, rather they're well translated. And I, I've read a, a number of novels where I'm like, this is an amazing piece of work, and I wish I knew fucking Russian, so I, you know, so you could read it in the in the original text. But um, yeah, some some people like some translators make it work. So good luck, good luck, T. Godspeed. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's an original one, because the one I'm looking at has, like, remastered in it. So I'm trying to see if I can find the original release. And there's a few others, and I know there's also a manga for Battle Royale as well. Wow, I'm sure there's everything. I'm sure there's a hentai as well. <laughs> I mean, there's hentai for a I'm lot of things. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so get it into the movie. So, um, I'm sure the hentai for Scandal Handle with Scare. <laughs> that's a joke I, that that's... I hope didn't make me uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, it involves zombies. Cause, I mean, it have to be the zombie delivery driver, you know, because it's it's on the our uh, our artwork. It's on the art. Uh so yeah, get it get it into just the way that this is set up. Uh, so we basically have this uh, like these students who are being brought to this uninhabited island that is ten kilometers in diameter. Uh, in this mm-hmm. this island has been divided up into little areas, and then four times throughout the day. Uh, the students are notified which areas are dangerous. Uh, so the reason for that is all of these students uh, have a necklace. And if you're in a danger area during, you know, the signal, uh, the necklace will alarm and the necklace will explode. So if you try to, like, yeah, tamper... Yeah, if you tamper with the necklace, uh, that will also cause it to explode. And the game itself has a three-day time limit and if there are more than one person alive by the time that the the game expires all of the necklaces explode expire yeah, explode, yeah. <laughs> uh so you know right out of the gate the the first thing you hear is the the uh like the big orchestral music <laughs> right out of the Dude, gate so it, it grabs a... your attention immediately yeah. The and, score is really nice in the movie. It's really, I mean, I called it, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yes, mm-hmm. it's, you should, it's, it's big, wide spanning. Like it's, it's very epic and it, it fills the senses. Yeah. And, uh, you know, true to, uh, death games in particular, like you want to let people know very early on, like, Hey, this shit is serious. So during the whole like orientation, for lack of a better term, when like the the teacher saying like, "Hey, this is what we're doing here," and they have like the whole uh, instructional video, right. <laughs> which is fucking really fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, you know, like she's basically telling him, "Like, hey, okay, this is what's going on," uh, and like yeah, one of the one great. of the students <laughs> is like talking during the the instructional video, and immediately a knife gets thrown right at the guy. <laughs> And he's just dead right out of the gate. So it's like, hey, like, fucking pay attention. Like, your you life what, your life depends on this. <laughs> I will say that uh, there was this, uh, not not that this was a mistake that the movie made, but I wish they the movie did such a really good job of developing a lot of the characters just enough so that when they died, it would hurt. Mm-hmm. But not so much with the dude who got stabbed in the neck, whose name I forget now. Because he's like Shuya's like best friend, and throughout the whole movie, he's like, "You killed my best friend. 
oh, my best friend's dead. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sad because a best friend. Oh, Noriko, I have to take care of you because my best friend loved you. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you see dead best friend later on. Like, he's like this weird ghost-like kind of apparition in his memory somehow. <laughs> Why is he a ghost-like apparition in your memory? And it doesn't matter. But what I'm trying to get at is that they needed to develop that character a smidgen more because all we saw of him, because he is also the same character who stabbed the teacher, right? Am I right about that? I think so, yeah. So you got to give him enough backstory to make up for the fact that he stabbed a teacher, like why he did it. Because it was accidental, but like a little bit more. And then more of that, you need to give him a little bit more backstory so that we, so that when Shuya is warning him and that we get it, right? Because I felt like they did a really good job with, uh, we don't have to get into it until, until, until we get into the different relationships of the movie, because I'm sure we're going to talk about those. But uh, that's one little complaint that I have because every time I see him like pop up, I'm like, oh, fuck you. Get off fucking off screen, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take your reverse basketball. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is just my sentiment. <laughs> yeah, then we also had the, the demonstration of the necklaces uh, where he triggers one of the necklaces to explode. And then mm-hmm. you, got, you got that freak out moment of like, oh, shit, what the hell is going to happen? And then just bullying happening to push the guy away. That's pretty good. And then you get like the nice aesthetic of like the neck like that. popping back and the blood splatter everywhere. Oh, I did have, I mean, first of all, the pop, the pop and splash was pretty fun. I have to admit, like, cause it was, uh, the movie is really good about whenever something like that happens. It's like gusher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's usually Geyser. like the go-to for like any sort of head explosion in Japanese yes. cinema. It's always, right. there's and no head remaining and there's, there's just theatrical blood everywhere. It makes me want to like, you know, get a get a watermelon and then like find out exactly how splashy splashy flash should be. I'm just saying. Because I don't know. Although see, I one I will say another another credit to the movie is that all of the deaths are so melodramatic and over the top that it's very, very easy to disassociate from the death mm-hmm. so that you can just sort of uh go into fantasy horror movie land where you can just enjoy them right and and just like oh this is it's a spectacle and i'm watching it which is um they do that a lot i mean like a lot of even like the 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 acting is so melodramatic the deaths oh my god the death scenes that don't involve explosions that are just involve people like expiring after being stabbed or some shit like that they're so so poppery right they're mm-hmm. so melodramatic and you gotta love that, right? And it's just because it, it, everything is super heightened and unrealistic that it makes it, it just hit a really good sweet spot, you know? It's so heightened and unrealistic that it's all enjoyment mm-hmm. rather than, you know, there's some movies that, you know, the, the horror aspect of it is how gruesome and how, if you were trying to put yourself in, in those shoes, how terrifying things would be. That's a different type of horror. And uh, it's it's a little harder to make people enjoy that type of horror, but people do it very well. But this one, you don't got to do any fucking work. Mm. <laughs> Everything's just a fucking spectacle, and it's it's really fun. <gasps> Hi, thank you for my drink. Another thank one. you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Keep him coming. I uh, I can't hear what he's saying, <laughs> but he's he's being grumpy about it. But he was nice enough to bring it to me. He's a friend. Uh, <laughs> All right, so after this instructional video and uh, before they get into the playing field, so to speak, because I don't know how else you would describe it, uh, the students get a survival bag. 
So, mm-hmm. so in this bag, you get a map of the island. Uh, you have a compass. You get a flashlight, mm-hmm. and you get a random a weapon. Random weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, may the odds forever be in your favor, as they would say in Hunger Games. Uh, uh-huh. Sub weapons are really good. And others are completely fucking useless. What was the worst weapon? I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember what the worst weapon was. Wasn't it like a shield or something? No, what was the worst weapon? Uh, probably the paper fan, I would say. Because what are you going <gasps> to oh, do? The, the are you going to like fan. intricately try to like paper cut someone? <laughs> you know? I think you can just put it, wrap it around your thumb and put your thumb mm-hmm. through their eyeball. But that just seems like an extra step between you and putting your thumb in, through somebody's eyeball. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so uh, I'm trying to think of like what what every weapon we well I'm not gonna name everyone. Uh, you know we had like a gun, pit. Taser, you had you had gun, uh, you had pistols, Uzis, sickles. Boards, uh, you had uh, grenades. Mm-hmm. There was um, a, there was also the the radar. Didn't didn't Shinya? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Shuya and uh, Noriko have really useless ones together. They had like binoculars. Was that considered a weapon or just? Yeah, that was that was the weapon. And then (laughs) he had like somebody had like a the top of like a you know the colander like the 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 lid of a pot. Yeah, it was a pot lid. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that was rough. Oh man, yeah, that was that was that's such a fucking good movie. You know, one of the reasons I I really love this movie is that uh, Again, we were talking about how you can really be really carefree about the violence mm-hmm. because the violence is so melodramatic that it's it's so disconnected from reality that you don't have to consider whether you're a good person or not when you're watching all these small children get killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they're not small, they're teenager children. Uh, but another part of it is the... Um, it, it's basically... It's one movie that is encapsulating like five different genres. You know, you have your hacker story, you have your adventure story, which is would be the Kawada and, and Noriko and, and Shuya. You have your multiple romance stories, whether it's, <laughs> it's like love triangle or just straight up romance or unrequited love. And you've got your revenge story. Like it's, it's, it's every movie. It is absolutely every movie and it's adorable. And, uh, and when I say adorable, I'm mostly thinking about these teenagers being in love. And I know this is sound, sounds really bitchy, but oh my God, at that age, <laughs> yeah, there's a very small percentage. You can be part of the 0.05% of humanity mm-hmm. that meets somebody at fucking like 14 and then marries them and stays together forever. That's, oh my God. At that age, you meet somebody, you, yeah, you fall in love really hard. It's, so it's a puppy there, dog love real. is what it is at that right. age. But let's be real, like puppy dog love is more than puppy dog love. Mm-hmm. Puppy dog love is the first time you're in love, right. which is insane and uncontrollable. You've never had these emotions before. So they're they're insane and they, they feel like they're forever and you don't know how to manage them. So I'm very respectful of puppy dog love, you know, because it's, it's very, very intense and you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. But also like these kids, you know, like, in about six months, you're gonna feel that way about somebody else. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you forgot one other uh, genre that the oh, movie kind of tackled, and it, it involved the whole uh, bomb plot in regards oh. to like trying to take down the government. Yes, <laughs> I think I called it hacker, but that was almost like a different one. Yes, yeah. the hacker one was pretty good too. 
But yeah, just and then of the... course you have like the end of the world one. Mm-hmm. If you if you think about the girls, mm-hmm. the betrayal, the betrayal story too. Gosh, yeah. it, and they're all done really well. I mean, like when you think back, and I mean, like yeah, you have this melodramatic acting for the most part. But when you really think about, shoot, I was just gonna say that even over the melodramatic acting, there's some sort of really great sense of sincerity in the stories because they they're picking actors that are really appropriate for the roles because it's all about teenagers right Mm -hmm. so if you're picking the teenagers very exactingly and you know you you know you don't have to have a great actor to have to play to do really well in a role if you pick the person who's had the exact experience you know if you pick the person who's had the exact experience then you're going to have the best actor for the role so i i just i feel that way about the movie like i yeah, I kind of fell in love all over again. I forgot how much I like this movie. <laughs> and how beautiful it's Mitsuko. And Mitsuko's story is so fucking fabulous. I mean, let's talk about Mitsuko. Can we, can we, do, can we talk about Mitsuko for two minutes? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, the, the bitch, right? She is the <laughs> bitch of the story, and she is drop-dead gorgeous. Like the face on this girl. And she was already 20 when she played this. She was in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel weird about saying this. And she's a day older than me. So I'm younger. So I'm okay talking about how beautiful Mitsuko is in 2000. <laughs> but yeah, like she's got this absolutely gorgeous face and she's evil. And she's so evil. And you're like, why is she so evil? And uh, which is funny because not, a, not everybody's story gets developed. They get developed just enough to make it hurt when somebody dies. Because again, there could only be one, although in the end there were three. But you know what I mean. There could only be one. And so Mitsuko yeah, like is... Right, it's the Highlander. And that a lot of people are getting beheaded. That too, yeah. Uh, but she, uh, she's really awesome, and she's so sly. Like, the very first kill that she has, she, it's, a, it's a very, like, you know, killing a baby lamb, you know? She, mm-hmm. she bumps into this very scared girl who's got a taser, and she like talks her way into her space, and and with, with the entire time with the intention of killing her, which actually kind of reminds me of that very first scene in Rays, mm, right? Yeah. Where like you know the initial intention, and you know that Zoe's gonna fucking kill a bitch, and um, it's 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 a little sickening a little bit in that because you know you, you whenever you see uh, an innocent being betrayed. It's, it hurts quite a bit, right? Yeah, it was the so whole. Like that- uh, it was a whole conversation of, well, I've never really been close with your group, but you're right. okay. And then there's like that you, moment. No one's okay. <laughs> no one's okay. <laughs> so then it's just like the the open invitation. Well, like, is it okay if I come in? And then she entered the the shed or whatever. It's just, uh- <laughs> it's just so cat like the whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So. Um, you know, she starts off, like, her introduction's already pretty rough. And, like, the, the, the character development of Minsko is so interesting. Like, they're, they, they do give you quite a bit of, like, different, like, levels to her, right? So the entire movie, it's like, hate, hate Minsko, hate Minsko, hate Minsko. And we do, and we do, and we do. But also, she's so lovely that, you know, part of you is like, Minsko's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, ooh, I hate you, but I love you. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember this tiny little split second of a scene split second of a scene do you know which one i'm talking about not a, and it involves a, it involves a threesome a suggested threesome yeah no <gasps> really see okay 
So I feel like I did this the very first time I watched it. It's such a, sh- a short little tiny scene. And it's not even a scene. It's a, it's a, it's a two second, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. It's a, a Mississippi and a half scene. Okay. A, a second and a half scene where you're, it, the whole point of the scene is to tell you where she's at on the island and her situation. And the scene is that she's putting her shirt back on and there are two naked boys on the floor next to her. Both of them with their hands on their crotch with their, and their crotches are bloodied. <laughs> Did you forget about that? <laughs> you know, maybe just as a guy, I'm just trying to forget that, uh, you know, she you was, did. She was trying oh my to God. turn up. I remember the first time I was like, what the fuck is that? Kind of like the, the, the grown man in a teddy bear suit scene in The Shining where you're like, why am I looking down the hall? Is this, is this, is this Monchichi giving this dude a fucking blowjob? So, um, yeah, so there's this, and so the implication is, if you think about it, so you're on this scene that's only a second and a half long. There are two boys laying on either side of her. Both of them are naked. Uh, both of them have their crotches bloodied, and they're both holding on to their crotches. In the scene, she is leaving, and she is putting on a shirt. She already has her skirt on and her shoes on, and she's got weapons on her, but she's putting on a shirt as she's leaving. So the implication is that she seduced them, or maybe there was some sort of interaction where they wanted to have sex with her, either consensual or not, although it's Misko, so it's going to be unconsensual in her end. She does not want to fuck you. She wants to kill you. So, you know. So either they walked into it, or they were lured into it, or they forced their way into the situation. I, I would and say this, they were probably lured into it, and then nothing actually happened outside of her, like, taking off her top. We, there is already <laughs> a rapist in the story, though. Yes. There's a rapist with the, the girl whose name I cannot remember who was in Kill Bill. You well, know, that, the guy who, I mean, he there, was There was also, the, was, there was also the crossbow scene, too, though, where he was going <gasps> to... Well, he said like he could do it, but that guy was a fucking idiot, anyways. You know, you're trying that's to. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's the rapey guy. Right? Yeah, you know, you're anyway, trying so... to like fight someone with a crossbow when she has well, a knife, and you're well, she's literally right in front yes. of you. Yes. So we can say we can say okay if we if we go by Mitsuko's background, which is that she's very assertive and she's and she's very beautiful, then you can if she's very murderous, then we can assume <laughs> that she uh, lured the dudes. But also, it could it could have gone the other way. Not that it changes her background story or her persona, because her persona is uh, static. These guys came into the into the scene one way or another, and that is to say that she suggested that she'd be down, or maybe they went for her and then she showed them what's up. Long story short, they're fucking dead, and she killed them by fucking cutting off their penises because I didn't see any marks on the rest of them, and then she left with their weapons, which is fucking intense. And, um, and it's such a short little tiny scene that you even kind of, you know, blur, you know, blurted out of your mind too, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. And let's forward a little bit. So that's her scene. Um, then she has a, another scene earlier than that, actually, uh, when she is confronted by another schoolgirl who is really upset because she stole her man, <laughs> yeah. which is big words to be having between teenage girls rather than to say uh, she slept with her boyfriend. Because mm-hmm. uh, at this point, she's already been using sex as a commodity to sort of gain uh, power over people. And then, like, they, and then, of course, she kills a girl because the girl's too dumb to kill her right away. She wants to do, like, the fucking, like, let me tell you why I hate you. No, just kill her, man. No, no, but she didn't, which is fine. And, uh, and then she has a scene where she meets Noriko, right? And like where there's, it's raining. And then you can see that she's, um, jealous that Noriko has two guys looking out for her. And then on top of that, fucking Sensei's coming in 
and he's looking out for her too. So it's interesting. It's a weird dynamic because, and then you, and then the very final scene for, um, for Mitsuko or second to last is where you, you know where that personality is coming from, where her mom was selling her off and you get the hope from the scene that like maybe things didn't progress to the part where like her mom was successfully sold her off in the scene that we see, you know, her mom sells her off and drinks herself into oblivion. So she doesn't have to see her small child, very small child get raped. And then she's good at pushing this dude fucking down the stairs and fucking dude's dead. It's like, yeah, take that fucking pedophile. He's (laughs) gross. And, and you're like, yeah. And then after that, you're like, you're team Mitsuko after that. I was team Mitsuko from the get go, but you know, after that I was doubly so. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking for a long time, so maybe now it's your turn. <laughs> but yeah, I, re- I remember, like, uh, during the whole, like, jealousy for, like, her, like, taking the man, like, the fucking detective work behind it, being like, <gasps> hey, I found a tampon in, <laughs> like, this area. <gasps> oh, that's and it right. was it was bloody, and she, Ooh, she wasn't on her period, and you were on it. And I'm Damn. just like, oh. I was like, this chick knows. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of hoping that that I mean, shoot, like when you when you show a character with that much, you know, uh, intelligence, you kind of mm-hmm. want a little bit more of them. But that's that's her whole fucking scene right there, which right. is too bad. Oh, well, but yeah, that was that was. Very I mean, it was good. a gun versus a taser. Like there was a clear advantage in that situation, which is just how how the RNG worked when it came to the survival bags with the weapons that people were given. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and that's the thing too. So, you know, one of the interesting things about this, and this, you know, this is another comparison that you could have to raise with these type of movies, is mm-hmm. you you always have those characters that are very apprehensive when it comes to killing, and then you always yeah. have the few in there that were either uh, kind of like bored into it, or you know, had some dramatic life experience. Uh, like she or did. Ex- or uh, <laughs> just, um, experience in general, because in Ray's, um, I would say that Zoe's character, which uh, whose name in the in the story I've already forgotten, um, <laughs> that she, uh, I wouldn't say she was born with it. It was it was mm-hmm. it was implied that she had just had the experience. Like she was there long enough to know, right. which makes you wonder what that first fight of hers was, which would have been kind of cool to show. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was um, against somebody who was far inferior to her physically because she, you would hope that she had the, the hesitancy in killing somebody. But everybody's got to do it once. In, in the death games, that is. Not in our yeah. lives, T. Not in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm ready. So- but no, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be hesitant too. Like, you don't know if this is... I mean, can you imagine if you're in a situation and you have to fight somebody and you think you have to kill them and then you kill them and they're like... <gasps> Happy birthday. This is supposed <laughs> to be a party for you. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you killed somebody. We're calling the cops. Like it's just yeah, it, 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 that was definitely you the feeling like uh, yeah. with, the, with the radar and the mm-hmm. crush that he had because the chick shoots the guy dead. And it, like he had the dying <gasps> moments of, I've always liked you. Oh, <laughs> and he dies he and like she's like, what am I oh, supposed boy. to do with this? <laughs> Why didn't you say oh, anything? You never said I a word. Hiroki, <laughs> Hiroki Sugimura. Oh, Sugimura, he was so, he was the cutest. And like I said again, but I don't feel bad saying that teenagers are cute because 
I was a teenager when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that cool? Is that okay? Or should I not be doing that? I should. No, that's I'm, fine. I'm, I wanna, okay, thanks. So uh, <laughs> that kid's probably like, you know, either a year younger than me or several years older than me. So, but yeah, so in my taste, he was the, the cutest boy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn it, you killed the cutest one. And then you gave him like the sad story that he. Although, whatever, man, that was pretty cute. That was fine. It's just that moment of like, what am I supposed to do with this information now that you are exactly. are, are just a dead yeah. body? <laughs> and then Mitsuko comes in and fucking mows her fucking down. Wow. And then right Kiyama in. comes in and mows her down. Ugh. There's a lot going on in that scene. Kiyama, like, I'm not, uh, he was handsome too, but like, he was that sort of like, uh, for some reason, like, and there was no indication of this, but it, when I saw Kiriyama, like, I all I could think about was like Johnny Thunders mm-hmm. in that sort of like really like druggy, like heroin chic, druggy, <laughs> wild hair, super skinny, sort of handsome, but mm-hmm. ultra cool. That was what they were going for, and I think it worked really well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. And, you know, throughout this movie, too, you know, you, you had kind of like this small, you had you had the cliques, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you had the people yeah. who were sticking together, whether it was just like the couples, whether it was the schoolgirls, whether uh, it was just a duo who were like wanted mm-hmm. to talk to yeah. other people to like figure out a way out of it when it really wasn't the way, uh, you know, and they had mm-hmm. like the megaphone. And, oh, you know, they're trying to get, they're trying to get, uh, you know, other people's attention with a, with a megaphone, which probably not the best idea, no. you know, whether it's like no. using a megaphone, whether it's hearing like Mm-mm. just gunfire in general, uh, right. pretty, pretty obvious what direction it would be coming from. But granted, there is still quite a bit of, uh, room to travel on this island because it is 10 kilometers, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, but, you know, it's just the whole thought process of, Oh, there has to be a way out of this right. And basically, uh, what it what it boiled down to was your options are you either fight, mm-hmm. you die, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you just commit suicide. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like that was that was the that was, was that, that, that was the out. I think that um do you think you would have committed suicide or would you have tried to taken it as far as you could have? I don't think that I could have and I know that I asked you a question, now I'm stepping <laughs> in your answer. But uh, let me just put it out there. Like, I, I'm not the suicide type, mm-hmm. but I, I'm also, I don't, I don't think it could be the killing type unless there was initial aggression, aggression you know? I'd definitely be the cooperative type. I, I, I feel like I'd be with the schoolgirls in the fucking tower. <laughs> There's a lighthouse. So I feel like the lighthouse, yeah, I mm-hmm. think that might have been my story. Or Noriko's story, which... I don't have that many dudes, you know, trying to save me. But <laughs> those are my storylines. These are the things that I would have yeah. fit into. So you would have been poisoned, eaten spaghetti or whatever the hell they were making. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, and I don't. I don't know if you know my real name, T. <laughs> do you do you know my real name? Did I tell you that? Uh, I I don't think you. Well, I mean, you don't <gasps> know mine either. <laughs> so mysterious. So um, I will give you a hint. Oh, it starts with a Y. And uh, the the lighthouse was uh, particularly fun for me because it was Yuko Yuka Yuki. You know, <laughs> it was all Y names for the girls, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yep, that's what I would have been." <laughs> and like Yuko Yuka Yuki Yayari. <laughs> uh, let me think. Yeah, that's that would have been my spot because I'm very collaborative, mm-hmm. and I am 
physically non-confrontational. It's it's a good spot if if you're only. I mean, there's there's a couple of reasons. I mean, the most obvious being the lookout. Yeah, you got you got point. you got the higher vantage point, so that's pretty good. Well, it also kind of depends on what weaponry you have too. Uh, but to answer your question, I feel like a lot of it would just boil down to, well, what did I actually get in my back? Because if it's not something that I could really fight with, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna take a lot of people one on one. Like that's just re- realistically speaking, unless I fight dirty. Uh, so I guess a lot of it would just depend on the situation that I am in. But I right. I've never been in a situation where I've been like so. I, I haven't been super depressed. I you know I know a lot of yeah. a lot of people deal with that. Um, but it's if I was put in that situation, who knows? Like something could change. Uh, but just right. you gotta look at the statistics. You're yeah. you are one Absolutely. one That's in right. however many fucking students. The odds are not great. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are not in your favor. <laughs> but like if you if you are someone who uh could take action and you actually had something of use and you acquire more things to uh help uh prolong your efforts you know obviously your stock value greatly uh increases over time <laughs> you know yeah. you just rack up more weapons and uh not that's not gonna guarantee your survival would, at the end of the day, I but it's so. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. But okay, so I want you to keep going, but now I want you to tell me your strategy. My strategy. Right, you wake up. Okay. You're going to school. You're on the bus. You're friends with a fair amount of people. Let's say you're friends with half of the people, and you're generally well liked. And uh, and then you wake up. You're in battle royale. Mm-hmm. You get the instructions. You get your pack. Let's say you get the. Um, let's say you get a hatchet for a weapon. All right. So you could kill, but you're, but, but it's not a gun and it's also not a paper airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your strategy? Where do you think you would go? Oh, oh, and keep in mind, you have a crush on two girls and one girl has a crush <laughs> on you, uh-huh. but you don't know which, but you don't know. Which that that, that doesn't help me. And I wouldn't know until one of them dies. Exactly. <laughs> so just, I wouldn't know until the dying breath. Uh, which which is the common thing. Like, I always loved you, and you're like, "Fuck, you're so." What scared. am I supposed to fucking do with that? Um. <laughs> okay. So in in real life, I've always had yes. smaller groups that I hang out with. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So so usually so let, let, let's, let's rearrange the story. Now you have smaller groups. Okay. You, usually but, but, but loyal groups, right? Yes, very loyal. Uh, we usually have mm-hmm. like, f- I would say four, four or five. That are very, mm-hmm. very tight knit. So those would still be the people that I roll with. Now, do you roll with like a mixed crowd, or do you roll with like old dudes, or what? Uh, old dudes or girls? It's a mix. It's a mix. Good. Yeah, that that's were, that that's so... very healthy. And I don't know if that's going to help or hurt, but that's very healthy. I, that is true. Um, but it, you know, in the long run, it's uh, we've always been more the critical thinkers, which I feel would be more detrimental in the long run. <laughs> How do you mean, like, uh, you think, okay, because you'd be, like, more like the hackers a little bit, but then eventually somebody would be, like, somebody would, um... It would be more like, it would be like, hey, this has a time limit. Yeah, uh, we I got we, 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 have, we haven't, we haven't sorted the shit out yet. So and then the you, you, would, you would have that constant ticking in the back of your mind about, you know, there is that deadline. So, well, if we yeah. don't do something now, yeah. then we're all dead, you know? 
Whereas like the the group that was in the lighthouse, um, there was a, 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 a there was a sweetness about them, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until one of them was sort of triggered that things went sideways, right? And I forget her name too. I think it was Yuka, maybe Yuki. But anyways, once she she thinks that she is uh, that Shuya, well, once she realizes that Shuya killed her dude mm-hmm. or the dude that she liked. She decides to use her fucking weapon, which is fucking poison. I forgot there's fucking poison. Yeah, it was, it was Yuko who oh, did the poison, Yuko. and Yuka okay. was the one who ate the food that oh, had the poison in it. There you go. <laughs> Oof. But um, that kind, that that action kind, the the whole scene was very. Um, it felt like a car crash, and that mm-hmm. it happened so quickly, and it was so violent and you feel like you could somehow if you just had a conversation you could resolve it but honestly when you you when you step back and you think like okay here's one person who knows that a a person that they're taking care of killed somebody Mm -hmm. that you love and you're already in this heightened situation where you're trying to kill people and you think they might have done it on purpose so her actions were still pretty fair and then when you see things kind of rolling out of control and see that your friend ate the poison yeah. and then everybody turn, is turning against each other, then it's very reasonable that you'd be like, nope, nope, wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yeah. Nope, nope, I didn't do that. And it's just um, the whole scene is so uh, volatile and it's so uncontrollable. And I actually really, really love it because it's so not I don't know, there's something about that is so nonsensical because you have, like, a bunch of, like, teenagers screaming at each other. But then on the other hand, they're all barreling towards death because they lost a little bit of trust. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when you think about it in this situation, that is all it would take. So it's all, on the one hand, it's so sensible that it happened the way that that it did. But then as, as you see it unfolding, you're like, it's so unsensible. You're like, just talk to each other. But that's never gonna happen. The the way that I look <laughs> at it is whether whether or not it happened the way that it did or not, the outcome would not have changed in the sense that Yuko no. was the only one who made it out alive because she was the one who had poisoned the food in the first place. Right. Uh, but it, it was just, it, the nonsensical part really comes into play where, you know, they're all sitting <clears> down, <throat> they're, they're gonna have a meal together, you know, they're laying right. things low, they're gonna meet up with some of their other friends uh, probably at some point after... Uh, but as, as soon as, uh, Yuka eats the food that was poisoned, then you have the whole moment of, you know, she, like, vomits oh, blood, yeah. Yeah. uh, which I'm assuming they, she probably had one of the, uh, the blood capsules for that scene, just with the way that- Oh, yeah, looked. yeah, I heard there was only a few of those, right? Yeah, yeah. very, very few in regards to, uh, this movie Which is really impressive. Uh, but it's just the fact that you you know go from that to the the little bit of arguing, then you have the shootout, you have the whole flipping of the uh, the dish tray or whatever the pan that had all the food in it. Uh, well, I guess no one eats. <laughs> well, it's poison, so yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna eat it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh man, that was uh, that was a good scene though. I mean, like it was. And then, of course, it ends in a suicide as well. Yes, and it's just Yugo's, like, um, Yugo's just completely horrified by her actions, you know? <laughs> do do you, um, are you familiar, are you very familiar with Japanese culture in general? I feel like I am not, I'm, I'm a big fan. I mm-hmm. like it. I think it's beautiful and wonderful and I love the language and everything. But I, I'm not a huge connoisseur. Okay. But there was a lot of suicide. Yes. Now, do you think that That's... might be like a little cultural or do you think it was mostly like situational? <laughs> 
I mean, if you're strictly talking about, um, a lot of that stems from, uh, pressure from parents, I would say, having set expectations for their household and their children. Uh, mm -hmm. so there's just a certain stress level involved in Japanese culture, uh, that, that really increases the likelihood of something like that happening. But it I is it also... is a very common trend in uh -huh. Japanese cinema. I mean, hell, there's yes in cinema. Yes. The Suicide Club is another one, you know, which is a, a pretty one, yeah. pretty big. That was a really name. cool movie, mm -hmm. right? Where like nobody knew, like the parents were like, "Why the fuck are you doing this?" And then like right. tons and tons of teenagers are like, "It's cool." That that came out like a year <laughs> after uh, Battle Royale did, if I'm not mistaken. Oh shit! Really? I mean, yeah, it's been a shit long time since I saw that one, but I remember mm -hmm. watching that one and being like. Oh shit, that's weird. But um, I uh, I uh, forgot what I was gonna say. I'll <laughs> say that. <laughs> so what was I gonna say? Oh, I knew that. I, I definitely want to talk about. And before I forget, because we're nowhere near talking about this now, but I just want to put this out there so that we can touch on it later. So when uh, Sensei at the very end, and I keep saying Sensei because I forgot his name, <laughs> um, Taka something. Um, he, the very last scene before he dies where he's shot up mm -hmm. and then he stands up and then he goes and he answers the phone, which is very much so like breaking down the fourth wall kind of thing. Right. I definitely want to talk about that, but I know that we're not there quite yet. So right now we're talking a lot about, uh, like there's a lot of like suicide. Oh yes. I remember now. Yes, yes, yes. So here's something that like was a little, that I thought was like, hmm, and kind of an interesting thing to think about, which again, like this is a movie, it's fiction. Mm -hmm. So whenever you, you draw something kind of psychologically interesting about the movie, it's not about the movie. It's about you and the thing and the thought that you had about it. So that being that, uh, I thought it was so interesting that, uh, uh, in this few, in this uh, sort of, uh, alternate reality, there, there's this fear of these teenagers being too wild and honestly, the teenagers that I saw were very nice. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, mm -hmm. I, I just feel like the like the, the the problems that we see in our country with like uh, with, with like sh school shootings and with like other like, you know, uh, you know, violence, which in, honestly, in my head is like, oh, well, you know, like. This is just part of our, like, you know, how things are because of X, Y. Like, there's all these reasons behind it, right? So, like, I'm, I'm, and, and, and they're very complicated situations, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, pigeonhole anything. But what I'm saying is, that, like, are you kidding me? Like, these are your bad kids? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I just thought, like, that was kind of funny that um, uh, in, this, in this alternate reality that these kids are bad, but then I'm watching them, and they're like, all their uniforms look pristine, mm -hmm. and there's like two bad boys, and they came from another school, which killed their class. Yeah, you would you would think uh, during the whole introduction, uh, I was like, oh yeah, hey, we got uh, two new uh, new students all of a sudden. Like, wait, what? Like, where the fuck did these guys come from? <laughs> no one Kitty like bats an eye. And Kawada is just fucking <laughs> rad and nice and a protector. And his dad was, I can't, his dad ended up changing a lot of professions, so we don't know what the reality is there, but. I would have definitely gone with, you know, Kawada because mm. he knew what was up. Well, that would have been my pick. For fortunately, it didn't help him in the long run. 
because uh, no. he died from his injuries in this case. On a boat, but that but you know, for the other kids, you know, he 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 made a friend or two. You know, that's and that's what matters. You yeah. know, and in the in the long run, he he won. He did have that super sad story, though. Like, I mean, I know that he said that it wasn't true, but did wasn't it the like the the last judgment that it was true that like he was betrayed by somebody that he loved, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, and in the end, that's all he wanted was a friend. <laughs> Oh, Kawada, I would have been your friend. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Mitsuko would have been your friend, too. (laughs) But that's more sexy times. (laughs) Okay. We were the same age. We were the same age. Looking looking at uh, the weaponry that that was involved in this movie. Mm -hmm. If you had to choose one in this sort of situation... There, is there but, a question? But, 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 which one? but which one? The the really fast gun with lots of the, bullets. Oh, the, the, fastest the, gun, the Uzi. The fastest gun with the most bullets. <laughs> that would have been my number one pick. The Uzi. So you went with the bad boy gun. The, the <laughs> most effective weapon on the fucking planet. Yes. You know, I, 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 I thought that, 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 was, that was interesting too because um, despite the fact pick pick. that there, there were some fist. weapons that had better range... Right. Depend- not, oh, none ooh, of them. Ooh, n- really, that's a very good point. Really, not that many of them were used yes. how they should have been. <laughs> well, that's because it's randomness, right? I mean, like uh, you just brought up something really interesting that I hadn't really spent too much time thinking about. But all of those weapons would have been very, very perfect, except for the paper airplane. <laughs> all of those weapons would have been very, very perfect, given the right situation, right? Because even like a machine gun. And I don't know much about guns, but even a machine gun has its place, right? Mm-hmm. So there would have been other places where a knife would have been better. Very few places, but some. Uh, there would have been other places where a handgun would have been better. But you're right. I mean, like, it's just uh, the uh, the largeness of, of the group of people involved in the movie and, the, well, the scenarios involved in the movie, which is fucking genius. Mm-hmm. It, just get, it just lends itself to all these different scenarios that all would have a perfect weapon. So I'm willing to bet that if we ran, if we sat down like a bunch of nerds and we put down all of the fucking fight scenes and then we picked the very best weapons, we could match them up to the different scenes. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that the movie strived to do is just um, it presented you with all of these different scenarios, all of these different fucking scenarios that could be had between people and, and number of people and, and situations. It's it's pretty wonderful. It was. Um, it was really, it's a really good movie. Like, it's just, it just gives you absolutely everything you want, and then it gives you a bunch of shit you didn't even know you wanted. <laughs> yeah, so, like, as, as we mentioned earlier, like, you had a situation with Kawada uh, when he was bumping into, uh, you know, a, one of the boys and the girls who had the, the pot mm-hmm. lid and the binoculars, and it was just, the, right. it was a feeling of, oh, that's your weapons, so you're really no threat to me, so I'm not really going to worry about you. Right. Because there, there wasn't any sense of immediate danger, and yes, there there was that aspect too, but, you know, even in a normal situation, even if he wasn't, you know, if he was a bloodthirsty killer, they both would have been dead, yeah. but just for like, uh, you know, like the median type person that was brought into this class for Battle Royale, uh, right. in, in most situations, they would have gone away scot-free uh, and it, been dealt with later. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the, the genius now that I think about it. That I didn't even realize it when I was watching the movie, but now that we're having this conversation, if you think about it, not every weapon was appropriate for every situation. Mm-hmm. And not every personality type was appropriate for every situation either. And by that, I mean like the killers. Not every situation called for you to be a psycho. Not every situation called for you to be a a, a little lamb. And not every situation called for you to be like Kawada, which is like a very nice killer. He's like a, he's like fucking Rambo, right? Where he's like, (laughs) he's got the, he's got the skills, but he's got the the conscience to like not want to kill, you know, you know, uh, innocent people. So it's just like, I get it. You know, it's like, it's, there was no right answer. It was more like a, like a, like a puzzle that keeps changing, right? Like it's no, not even. That's a stupid thing. <laughs> it's more. No, like, you're thinking of Cube. That was constantly changing. I know, I know. <laughs> and and honestly, this movie does not compare to this one. <laughs> but, but it was. It's it's a changing situation that it is honestly fairly random in mm. that like. You have a um, some people with higher skill sets than others, but even with the, ha- the the hacker situation, like if you had skill sets that didn't apply to a war zone but did apply to a fucking computer, you had different options, and that was really rad. And those actually, I, I for some reason I thought that those dead ended when I was thinking back on the movie, but when I just watched it, it was like, oh no, like he had a huge the the hackers had a huge impact on the movie. You know, they had a huge, I mean, they died, so that's not great, (laughs) but they had a huge impact on the outcome, right? Which is amazing. And, um, and that reminds me too of like the other genre that was really largely represented in the movie, which was the, the war drama. Mm -hmm. I mean, every time some of the kids died, like they died so dramatically and like, I always loved you. That it was just like, oh my god, this is a fucking war drama. This is what war movies look like, like World War II movies. This is exactly what they look like, and it's. And I thought that was, yeah. I just, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It was just so ridiculously fucking good, and at the same time, ridiculous, mm-hmm. over the top acting, over the top murders, over the top fucking kills. But it just, it found a way to put together a story that gave you absolutely anything you could possibly want from a grocery store of fucking, you know, movies. <laughs> and it was, and it was fucking lovely. I, I'm, I'm, it was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously like the, the biggest uh, differential in regards to uh, like war movies is the whole mm-hmm. an- announcement yeah. sequences that we kind of like get throughout the day <laughs> of like, all right, uh, number one, yada, yada. Uh, yeah. Um, dead you know because i rattle off all the names for the people who died that morning or uh that night which you know i thought was a really good way for them to just one keep track of how much time is prolonged during this event because it is on but a three-day timer psychological terror on them mm-hmm. yeah inflict psychological terror on them that's yeah, like hey uh <laughs> you know i've been uh, you know a sleeper whatever like waking up from my co- yeah, coma or whatever yeah. yeah i missed the uh, three announcements like is so, such and such still alive uh but, yeah don't worry but if you think about it like because i i've watched a fair amount of like you know war dramas too mm-hmm. like you know world war ii shit like that's exactly the conversations that people are having with each other like they meet up and either they, they go through it like when they're reading like letters like, oh, so-and-so died. Or they meet somebody and they're like, oh, what happened to so-and-so? They died. What happened to so-and-so? They're still around. And so-and-so, they died. You know, it's like that's exactly the conversation that people have. So a, a big portion of this movie is like a war reenactment. I mean, not reenactment, but uh, a reenactment of a war drama, you know? Like it's, 
it's kind of ridiculous and hilarious that way. And you have like, you know, people behaving differently. You have like kids that really helping each other out and rescuing each other. And then you have others that are psychotic. And then you have yet others that are very, um, that they just don't have it in them to participate Mm -hmm. in the killing. And so you know that they are, that they are going to be killed soon and, and that they are okay with that. And there's a lot of emotional, it's, there's, there's a lot that, there's a lot of emotional diversity. That sounds really stupid when I say it like that, but you know, like it's just, um, you get to feel all these different things in every little fucking capsule of stories. And it's, damn it, this movie's so good. <laughs> yeah, what, what I thought was interesting too, just about the whole hacking aspect of this story too, is just the fact that mm-hmm. you, you have that realization later on that Quada had actually already hacked the system uh, months beforehand, before re-entering the games in this situation, that's uh, right. and disabled that's right. two of the tracking devices as well. And you also have like that really uh, bonkers. Uh, it was like a painting uh, that was homemade that had like the massacred class yeah. that had like uh, yeah. Noriko as like the sole survivor yeah. of it. And I'm just like, oh, so that that's what like th- that's basically the enactment that's happening, you know, out on the island. Is that yeah. painted? <laughs> and honestly, and then at the very end, they throw in that really wacky fucking like Lolita fucking ending. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I say Lolita, when we're talking about like Japanese, uh, a Japanese movie, I have to clarify because Lolita is like, you know, the there's a there's a subculture of, <laughs> of ladies dress called mm-hmm. Lolita. And that's one thing. Which is sort of sideways, sideways um, based on the the real, not the real, the uh, the earlier uh, subculture of of Lolita, which is uh, the the story of a grown man um, per- sexually pursuing, which is called pedophilia, a younger girl, and they threw that fucking in there, you know, which was really. It's just adding like more seasoning to the soup, basically, you know, because it, it adds a lot more texture to um, to um, to Kana. Is that, that remind me of the sensei's name, the teacher's name, the teacher? Yeah. T something T and A and a K. It's a, a Katano. Katano. Katano with a K. Katano. Mm-hmm. That's right. Katano. That's right. So it's um. And they added in such a way because he didn't act on anything. So you get to feel a little bit for him. But then when you pull back, you're like, no, you're having an emotional relationship that's not appropriate with a a young girl. And that's pedophilia. But we are talking 20 years ago. So they're trying to use that as a way to pull your heartstrings in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're, they're not putting their foot down on what's appropriate and not yet. It's, it's, it's a timing thing. You know what I mean? Where back then they're using it to be like, oh, he was softer. But no, then you think back like, no, that's never cool. You do understand that that makes him more of a predator. So it's, and so watching that movie now too, like that adds that extra layer. Like when I watched it 20 some years ago or 10 years ago, I can't remember when I watched it. When you see somebody hurt, you're like, oh, wow. But then you're like, you pull back and you're like, wait, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um... It's just full of fucking subtext and it's full of like things to make you think. And it's, it just makes it that much better of a movie. And they did use this bit as a positive on his fucking roster, but really it's 
we should be more judgmental of that because there's there's that final scene that he has with Mariko when he says uh well she's they're hanging out by like the creek well they're I don't know. It's not a creek. They're they're on a beach, maybe, or it's a rocky fucking shore. Shore. There's water, and they're and they're eating ice cream. And she's telling him how I'm like, you know, oh, you're a great teacher, or whatever. I can't remember the the name or the words she used. But then he says, and things get a little tense. And then he says, "What should a man like, or what should a person like me say to a a kid like you in this moment?" Right. Mm-hmm. And that is very much so implied to be like. This isn't an appropriate situation, and we're in it, you know? Yeah. So, like, that was, uh, like I was saying, initially, I was think thinking it was made to give him a softer side. And so that's also a, a, a function of the, of the time. But right now, it's like, no, like, that's, it gives him a sicker side, you know? Like you signed up to do this and you had these, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I don't know. It gives you some shit to think about. I mean, he just did wanted to, he, want, he just wanted to be closer to the action. Did I mention I'm drunk? Ah. <laughs> so, you know, towards the end of the movie too, one of the things I thought was interesting is just the fact that, you know, you have Shuya and uh, Noriko mm-hmm. yeah. who end up being declared fugitives. And they're on the run to Shibuya Station. I I I I think it's the government just being like, hey fuckheads, you rigged the system. Yeah, you know, you can't win. (laughs) What's that what's the the, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Is it not it's not total recall, it's um is it running man? It's running man, right? The same thing where it's like, oh, the the winners get to go on vacations and they live. Is that right? And then like and then you find out that the killers get or the winners get killed. It's the same shit where, yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm guessing, right? Where it's like, there's no winning. And if you mm-hmm. somehow make it out, they somehow make up a reason why you're a fugitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that shit. It's that shit. <laughs> yeah. So all, all in all, like, even after all these years, like, this movie still holds up really well. And yeah, I honestly. It really does. I, I can't remember how many times I've seen this movie. I've definitely lost track because it, it, I have seen it multiple times. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just like every time it's just like, man, I forgot. I'm not gonna say I forgot like how fucking good this movie is. But when you have so many different people involved with this cast, like you don't really expect to have as many like overarching stories or as much of a connection with right. multiple actors and actresses but you do in this story. But in them. this one, it's more widespread. <laughs> In fact, even some of the more Weasley characters, I mean, I do, well, initially you connect to the good ones, right? You connect to the ones that fall in love and you connect to the ones that don't want to kill. But then after a while, I, you know, after seeing it a couple of times, you start connecting to the ones that are like, when, when would you start taking the game seriously and start killing if nobody threatened you? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really good question, right? Like, cause I feel like, um, I, I'm the kind of person that would like jump into a game right away, <clears throat> but, but if the goal is killing, it would take me a while. 
So well, you, am, you would think after the whole instructional like, video no, 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 no. and seeing the guy get a knife thrown at him and then seeing a exploded necklace. I yeah. would I would have grabbed my backpack and I would have I would have run away and I would have run a good distance and then hid because I know that I'm not a great runner, so people could catch up with me. So I need to hide and then figure out what the fuck I'm gonna do and then look with my bag. So that would have been my tactic. But I don't know at what point I would have started killing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, for for some of the students, it what <clears throat> it was they were killing before all the students were even on the playing field. <laughs> Holy shit. It was really rough. Like some people like, you know, it, but that's the thing like it's just I don't know. You got to you got to that's the thing too. It's that uh, you have to deal with your own conscience and mm -hmm. conscience and like when when would your your brain fucking fuckingly finally <laughs> fucking say that's the word that I just made out. Fucking late. Finally, fucking say it's self-defense time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, survival so instincts have to kick in at some time. point. But, you know, it's just funny knowing that, you know, even before you got to the point where anyone was in the field of play, two people were already eliminated from the game. And That's then cool. you had early kills even before all of the students yeah. were on the field of play too. So just like, you would think something would have snapped pretty early on to realize right. the severity of the situation, but you still had a, a, quite a few of the students who were very apprehensive yeah. about wanting to fight. Some of them like threw their survival bags back at them. And look, I, I, I can understand, hey, I don't want to participate in this, but like right. you had food and water in your survival bag. So like, what are you gonna do? Just like starve yourself for like three days, right. or just run? Like you're gonna try to hide and probably just get shot anyway. But it's just yeah. like I, I can't a... imagine just being like, "Here, have my bag," yeah. and then you I can't fuck off. The... Who, who was that? Who was that that gave back their bag? Who was that? And there were a few people that threw back. Their... Was a few? I thought it was just like one that was like, "Take it back! I'm fucking hate you." Well, there Pig. was there was that, and Kawana also was like, "That's my bag," and then he swapped it out. Oh, he made it. That kind of looked like he knew it was up and maybe he had some, like, I kind of forgot about that because he never kind of, did he bring it up again later? Because then I was like, oh, is that kid in on it? Like, does he know, like, what's in the bags? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But uh, there's also a really fair um, judgment or, uh, not judgment, but um, there's a fair argument to be made for the kids that just freaked out from the get-go and started killing people. Mm -hmm. Because it's a high-intensity situation. You've already seen... Two of your uh, classmates killed, one of them with a knife, one with an explosive that made their head explode. <laughs> like, and you're surrounded by military personnel. You're, you're, everything's fucking fucked. And uh, yeah, there's a very high likelihood that there's a couple of kids that are already over the edge and that are just going to start trying to kill because they don't know how to survive otherwise mm -hmm. or that they have any options because you honestly you don't know if you have any options. So there's there that that there's a weird a weird sensibility, or to 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 say that some kids would just do that. It's it's so whenever you see those crazy kids from the get go, and you saw a couple of them, like there was a couple that just started fucking trying to kill, but unsuccessfully so, right? So they don't have any skills. They just have this weird innate feeling to survive, and their survival instinct is telling them to go crazy, mm -hmm. and they do, which is not a great idea. But um, but it's 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 understandable. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. <laughs> I also like the uh, the little back and forth between Nakagawa and uh, Kawada uh, after 
uh, Narika was waking up, uh-huh. and you know he, he was uh, Narika was dreaming, and Kawada's just like you know what what dream, and he's like you know I was alone with the uh, katano on an empty river bank, and Kawada's <laughs> just like must have been scary, and but then <laughs> Nakagawa's just like you know but you know he's he's he seemed lonely, <laughs> and it, you know it was just that, that that moment where like he thought like that that was when he felt normal, <laughs> you know right. Damn. Yeah, this movie, like, it's just, um, it's it's one of those really great movies where there's so much going on and it inspires so many different feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. that you wonder if they meant to, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, uh, I've, I've had so many different feelings about the movie. It's been a roller coaster. There's so many different scenarios to consider. And there's so many different theories that you can take little branches you can take off of offshoots that you can go off into nowhere and you wonder and there's so there's so much of that to think about that you wonder if it was planned and then and and then when you think it's planned you're like wow this is fucking genius and then you think like there's no way this was planned Mm -hmm. and then you're like ah it was just accidental so there's an there is an instinct to say like oh no this is just random but i think it was planned and i think it was genius i think it's a it's a great fucking movie Consider and, and on top of that, it's such a ridiculous movie too. It's so silly in its acting and in the horror level. It's just, but that plays into letting you like disassociate from the death to the point where you can just enjoy everything. It's pretty great, pretty fucking great. Yeah, you know, it's 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 very hard to be like. Uh, yeah, I remember Shinji early on was like, you know, how how were how were we chosen? Because they kind of like go through questions really mm-hmm. early on. Uh, and Katana's just like, uh, you know, it was a lottery. And I'm just like, of, of how many classes, you know? It's like, like you're really not giving us too too much. Also, Japan's not that big. Yeah. It's the size of California. But, I mean, I don't know for sure. I think it's the size of California. And then his follow-up is like, well, uh, what, why, why are you doing this? And Katana's just like, you know, it's, it's your own damn fault. You know, you guys mock grown-ups. You know, go ahead and mock us. But, you know, he's a really great... Quote, uh, don't you forget, life is a game, so fight for survival and find out if you're worth it. And, well, I, and that's like one of the things like, that just sticks yeah. with you. And then my other thing that stick with, sticks with me from that show is like, oh, you can't trust grown-ups. And I'm like, oh, okay, man, just wait a sec. You're going to mm-hmm. be there right quick. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what a, what a crazy movie. Like, it's, it's so funny. Like, I know when we were doing it that we'd have a lot to talk about, but... We filled the whole fucking hour, and I don't even think we really focused on everything on the movie. <laughs> but yeah, this is just one of those movies that has put its stamp on uh, pop culture. Like, there's a it reason. Did. There's a reason. It's a reason. Like, I, I, there's a reason. I, I understand the reason behind some of the criticism when it was released. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it should have taken as long as it did to actually reach the state side, but. I, when you consider just the fact that you know when you when you look at media just in general, <laughs> yeah, uh, it is very safe to say that mm-hmm. media glorifies violence oh, yes. to an upteenth degree. Uh-huh. So this movie f- should fit that to a T. You know, it sure does. <sighs> but all all in all, like it it holds up. It like it's hard to believe that this movie came out. 21 years ago and, you know, oh at this point God. it blows my fucking mind <laughs> it does and we haven't even talked about the whole little 
uh, relationship between the girl who went on to play the killer and Kill Bill and her whole thing. That was a cute little, that was a, not cute, but that was a good little scene. And I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so bummed that I cannot remember the, her name either in real life or in the movie. But um, she has a great, it, it just adds to it, you know, like uh, her whole role was that uh, she was a track star. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was a track star. Yeah, you had the yellow and- track suit. Right, and she can, and incidentally looks a lot like Kill Bill suit and, on mm-hmm. Uma Thurman, and so she she is a, a very disciplined athlete, and despite the fact that she's in the fucking like you know role bio, battle royale, she is still like training, which is nonsense. Really, you should not be training. Like battle royale or battle royale is only three days long at top at at most, right? Yeah, that's the Which expiration means, date. <laughs> exactly. Like you don't get to. It's not like you're like oh you know you're in a zombie horror apocalypse where like you should really do cardio in order to stay fit. Mm-hmm. No, you're all you are already fit. You at this point need to be prepping. So you have to know that, or you have to think that when she's uh, training, she's disassociating and she's just trying to find a way to normalcy so that she can deal with what's going on and then she does she does see the guy her friend yeah she does see. so he's training with her on a bicycle so he's disassociating too i'm just gonna throw this word around a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, she gets attacked by a dude that's been stalking her sort of and he threatens to rape her and then you really really hope that she'll fucking kill him like she does Kill Bill, that businessman who tries to make it with a schoolgirl and she fucking disembowels him. Mm-hmm. I, was, I forgot that, that that doesn't happen in this one. <laughs> but she does She does get to attack him. He does die, right? And then, But he attacks her too, so then she has a death scene where she tells her friend that she loved him. And then she's like, did you love me? And he was like, no. Did you love somebody else? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, can, <laughs> can, can you just play your fucking role? Do you realize that we're dying? Can we just say, yes, I, I loved you. I've always loved you. I, I'm going to hold you to your dying. I'm going to love you to your fucking dying day, which is today. <laughs> what, what is so fucking wrong with telling a dying person that you love them so that they can die with that fucking knowledge or fucking lie, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was uh, uh, the actress's uh, Chiaki Kiriyama. <gasps> Chiaki, Chiaki. That's right. Kiriyama. Oh, that's right. And she. Uh, and I remember it's Kiriyama because it sounds a lot like. Or not Kiriyama, because Kiriyama is the uh, the characters, the evil character's name. One more time, Kiri. It's uh, Kiriyama. Kuriyama, Kuriyama, Kuriyama. All right, and some good names, man. Yeah, but you know, a lot, a lot of that relation came because uh, Quentin Tarantino like puts Battle Royale. It's like on his like top five pedestal. For oh him. yeah, he <laughs> loved it. He said it was like the best movie he'd seen in a long while. Or and like yeah. some of the music we hear in Battle Royale, we also hear in uh, Tarantino's work too. Well, yes, but I would also say that Tarantino is uh, a, a very pretty good mimic of mm-hmm. that style of movie making regardless. Right. So I would say that, like, you know, and there might be a little bit more authenticity in Battle Royale when it comes to that than in Quentin Tarantino, which is pretty cool for our own purposes since we're reviewing Battle Royale. <laughs> All right, so with that being said... Um... You know, go watch this movie if you haven't seen it. It is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Uh, I did order the novel, and I will be reading it, so I'll let you know how that is. Uh, I'll I'll be very curious to see 
how the violence is depicted in the novel compared to the film. Wow, yeah. Um, I would say and, and another reason for that too is I, I I have a friend who's been reading American Psycho, the novel. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and I I've never read it. I I keep hearing that the depiction of violence in the novel is Worse. Worse. Way well beyond anything we saw yeah. in the movie, which makes it very intriguing. So I might yeah. have to read that after. I heard that uh, it's it's um, particularly the rat scene is pretty un, un, pretty close to unreadable because mm-hmm. it's so violent. So yeah, that's what I've heard too. Like I haven't read it myself, and after I heard some excerpts, I I, I don't think I can. But <laughs> <laughs> I might I might I feel like reading is so much more personal than than viewing. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, like I can watch almost anything, but reading just kind of inserts it into my soul a little too much. <laughs> I get that. But yeah, that, that, yeah, but that's what I've heard that the violent scenes, the violent, the scenes of violence in, in American Psycho are just, they're very, very fucking intense. Mm-hmm. So you should like get yourself a little cup of hot cocoa, call your mom before you read it, tell <laughs> you love her. Say your uh, 12 yeah. Hail Marys, you know, whatever you got to do. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, like, have somebody ready to give you a hug or something. Mm-hmm. But that should also be a sign of a, a a good novel just because it has a very intense experience for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so looking ahead next week uh, is our, our, sure, our, 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 our Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we, we are entering that time of the year, uh, where, yeah, it's the holiday season. Uh, so next week we have, we have to do it, you know, one, because we've already said we're doing it. It's, it's out there. And plus I always watch it around this time of year. We're, we're going to be talking about the so bad it's good beat movie thanks killing thanks which came out in 2008 directed by jordan downey which is one of those movies that i know a lot of people do not like and i i, I get it there's definitely a level to camp to this movie that uh, is so beyond what people are used to seeing from like B movies, but there are so many, there are so many great quotes and moments in this movie, and just the fact that the advertisement for this movie when the DVD came out was like boobs in the first seconds is <laughs> so fucking hilarious to me. I'm like, yeah, that's that's how you get people's attention on the DVD cover, you know. <laughs> I think this movie is very much so the roller coaster of movies. I mean, a lot of movies can say that, but that's how you should approach it. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, you should not look for meaning. Mm-hmm. You should not look for plot. Right. You should not look for good acting. You need to look for does this scene bring you? Does this? You should do the Mary Kondo approach to movies. Like, does this scene spark? Joy, <laughs> did you did you get fun out of seeing that person die for in a, such a ridiculous way, non realistic way? You know, it's just it's one of those movies where you really just have it, it's a thrill ride with nonsense. There's no fucking <laughs> there's no fucking basis in like any sort of oh somebody's sorry I'm sorry I'm gonna focus because there's somebody <laughs> talking in the other room. All I'm saying is like 
I, I, I like this movie. It's so fun. It's silly. It's crazy. It's, mm-hmm. it's meant, it's meant to be enjoyed. It's not meant to be dissected. But yeah. You but know, we're going to try it anyway. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk all about how a turkey stuffs a woman. Cause Ooh. that, that oh, does happen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I'll talk about the Scooby-Doo antics of Turkey as well, which is the most on the most like nonsensical scene in that entire fucking movie. But it's I I love that movie. Sure uh, so sure so before next week, I have to ask this: Have you seen Thanks Killing Three? No, I didn't okay. even know there was more than one. Okay, now I I will I will preface this and tell you uh-huh. that uh, there is not a Thanks Killing Two. Oh, thank you, because I would have spent a good okay. time looking for it. So there's a reason for that. <laughs> uh, and I'm, try- I'm trying to remember what the reason was, because it's been a long time since I saw the sequel. Uh, but mm-hmm. Thanks Killing 2 exists in, like, that universe. But, like, it never saw the light of day, so they just jumped straight to 3. Wow. So it's Thanks Killing and then Thanks Killing 3. So for anyone who wants a double feature, uh, there's no trilogy. Yeah. You know, that you can actually watch. Right, it's just one it's just one is, and three. <laughs> did they is there any story to be known before three, or can we just go from one to three without any issue? It's it works as a double feature, so that shouldn't be a problem. But obviously, you know, See, we're we're talking things killing. Yes. Um and maybe I'll talk See, a little bit about three, because I honestly don't remember okay. that much about it. <laughs> okay. I gotta go pee real bad. Can we wrap it up? Yeah, we're we'll wrap it up. So good news, guys. Uh YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we have yeah. our channel, officially. <laughs> nice. Now, the downside to that, oh. uh, in, in, in one of no. the inactive channels, who hasn't, like, uploaded uh-huh. in nine years, has Handle with Scare. <gasps> nine years? Yeah, oh. so it's been a while. Uh, so our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash C, which is for the channel, uh, slash right. Handle with Scare Pot. So it's the same as, like, our Instagram uh, it's the same for like our email and our website. So everything mm-hmm. is very fluid. So really the only different thing is obviously our Twitter is at handle with scare. You can contact us via email yes. handle with scare pod at gmail.com. And of course we have our website handle with scare pod.com. But for now, that's going to be it. Expect a lot of holiday horror both next week and Yay! all of December. Bruce, we'll get, Bruce. we'll get more into that uh, next week after our thanks killing talk. Uh, but that mm-hmm. will do it for us here tonight. On Handle with Scare. It was a good one. And uh, if anyone is going to Days of the Dead Chicago this weekend, uh, let me know. I'll be there all weekend. We have a vendor table for our at-home business. We'll be selling t-shirts, uh, hoodies. We got bottle openers. Come check out our stuff. We'll have podcast business cards. Yeah, bottle that. openers? I, I, I have... We did three designs for the bottle openers. Um, uh, for Handle with Scare? No, for our the vendor table. Um, I mean, I could easily do them for the podcast, but I haven't done any merchandise for the show yet. But that that that's a discussion for another time. I'll get into that at a later date. But for now, enjoy your week. We'll see you next week when we talk things, Gillen. And uh, take yeah. care, guys. Take care.